We have movie passes to give away for the film 1517 to Paris. It's directed by Academy Award winner Clint Eastwood and stars the real-life heroes who thwarted a terrorist attack on a train bound for Paris in August 2015. The film follows these three men and the friendship that binds them together. Go to cjru.ca and fill out our form to win. That's cjru.ca and enter your name and email address to win. You're listening to Movie Mixtape on CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm your host, Alyssa Matthews. On today's episode, Alex Bryant reviews the Oscar Shorts program screening at the TIFF Bell Lightbox. Award season is upon us, and the show we are all waiting to see, the Oscars, is less than a month away. Now, the average viewer is usually more interested in which movie will take home the award for Best Picture. But today on Movie Mixtape, I'm going to take a look at the nominees for Best Animated Short Film and Best Live Action Short Film. Although underappreciated, these categories have been turning out some stellar work in the past few years. Past winners include the Pixar animated short Piper and the Hungarian short film Sing. This year's nominees include filmmakers from across the world with films set in countries such as England, France, Kenya, Australia, and the United States. I will introduce each film based on how much I liked it, starting with my least favorite and ending with the one I think deserves the Oscar. Let's start with the nominees of the Best Animated Short Film category. My least favorite nominee is Garden Party. The film was created by a group of French 3D artists, the Logic Collective, during their studies at the renowned animation school, MOPA. Garden Party follows a group of frogs who decide to explore an abandoned mansion. When first watching this film, I was very confused why it was in the animation category. The CGI was so well done that I actually thought I was viewing a live action film. Despite the quality of the animation, I think Garden Party lacked a strong story. If you pay attention, you will discover little elements of the story, but it's a very underdeveloped film in terms of plot. This made the film slow and boring to watch compared to some of the other narrative-driven pieces in this category. I also wasn't a big fan of Pixar's submission this year, Lou. Directed by Pixar animator Dave Mullins, the film is about the unseen monster living inside a lost and found box. I think Lou had a cute story, but the film just didn't really seem all that special to me. The animation was what you would expect from a very basic Pixar movie scene, and the story was entertaining but not memorable. Coming from a big studio like Pixar, I think I had big expectations for Lou, and the film just didn't meet them. Up next is a short film from NBA legend Kobe Bryant and Disney animator Glenn Keane called Dear Basketball. Based on a letter Kobe Bryant wrote announcing his retirement, the film explores his love of basketball and the eventual need to let that love go. I love the animation in this story. There's this one scene where we get to see the inside of Kobe Bryant's body and how the years of basketball has affected his bones and muscles. But as I said, this is a film based on a letter, so the overall story structure lacked. I like short films that are more story based, and Dear Basketball was a little too experimental for my taste. Rolling Rhymes is an interesting nominee to this category as it was originally a TV movie. Just under 30 minutes long, the film combines several poems from Roald Dahl's book Revolting Rhymes. The film follows the character Wolf as he retells the story of how his two nephews died. I loved how it mixed all the fairy tale stories together and told them in a new and more adult way. 
There wasn't really anything I disliked about this film, but I think the animation wasn't as good as others in this category. The film made up for that in strong story and character development, which can be a hard thing to do in a short film. Finally, the film I think deserves Oscar for Best Animated Short is Negative Space. Directed by Max Porter and Ru Kuohata, the film is about a son's connection with his distant father through the art of packing. I think what works so well with this film is its ability to use the art of animation to tell a story. Other films in this category can be looked at as either visually interesting or containing a strong story. Negative Space has both, and has intertwined these two elements to create a very interesting film. As the narrator talks about his obsession with packing his dad's suitcase, clothes turn into waves that wash over him. There are more of these metaphorical scenes throughout the film, exploring this dysfunctional father-son relationship on such a visceral level. Negative Space is a work of art, and really a must-see for all fans of short films. Now on to the best live-action short films. My least favorite film from this category is My Nephew Emmett. Directed as a graduate project at NYU by Kevin Wilson Jr., the film is a retelling of Emmett Till's murder. For those of you who don't know, Emmett Till was a young African-American boy in the 1950s who was beaten to death by two white men for supposedly whistling at a white woman. A photo of his beaten face post-mortem circulated across many magazines and newspapers after his death, helping to mainstream the civil rights movement in America. I think this was a very difficult subject to capture in a short film, and because of that, the overall story structure felt rushed. We didn't really get to connect with any characters, and so the plot points in the film lacked true intensity. This was truly disappointing, as my nephew Emmett was visually breathtaking, but just fell flat in character and story development. I think this would have worked much better if it had been 20 minutes longer. Up next is The Cobb Elementary, which is a strong film that I felt was weakened by a bad performance. The film is directed by Reed Van Dyke and is based on a real 911 phone call. The Cobb Elementary recounts the story of a compassionate school receptionist who attempts to calm down a distressed gunman. A film like this, set only in one location with two actors, really has to rely on its performances. The main actress, Tara Riggs, did a phenomenal job portraying the receptionist, Cassandra. She was able to convey her character's personality so expressively through her actions and tone of voice. The film broke down for me in the parts where the camera was focused on the gunman, played by Bo Mitchell, as his performance lacked the finesse of Riggs. He seemed to be unintentionally comical in a film that I felt was supposed to be purely dramatic. I think this film definitely has a very intense and emotional story, but I was just so taken back by the gunman character that all believability was lost for me. The next film, Eleven O'Clock, is a very interesting nominee because unlike all the others in this category, it is a comedy. Written by Australian actor Josh Lawson and directed by Darren Seal, the film is about a psychiatrist's first meeting with a patient who delusionally believes that he is also a psychiatrist. This is a brilliantly written film and quite funny. However, I think the Eleven O'Clock struggles to compete with some other films in this category because it lacks depth. It'll make you laugh but not really think about some of the issues happening right now now in the world. Now, watch you woke, all of us will make you think. Directed by Katya Benrath, the film is about a bus in Kenya that gets attacked by Al-Shaba terrorists and the solidarity that forms between the Muslim and Christian passengers. Like others in this category, this film is also based on a true story. Watch you woke was a beautiful yet heart-wrenching film. The film is able to effortlessly capture the fear of the bus passengers, but also their strength to stand up to the terrorists. I think the only reason why it did not earn top spot for me is because of the character development. 
moment. I think there could have been more effort spent on making the audience truly connect with the passengers on the bus. The film I think deserves the Oscar for best live action short is The Silent Child. Directed by Chris Overton, this emotional short film follows young deaf girl Libby who feels ostracized from her family because of her hearing impairment. When her mother hires Joanne, a social worker with knowledge of British Sign Language, Libby finally feels like she has someone who understands her. Not only is this film beautiful, but is a realistic portrayal of some of the issues deaf children face being born to hearing parents. The performances of both Libby and Joanne were phenomenal, and the chemistry between them was heartwarming. The thing I liked most about The Silent Child was its ending. Without giving it away, I'll just say it felt true to the issues the film was exploring and moved away from some of the common disability tropes you see in media. There is a wide variety of themes and styles, so I highly suggest for anyone who loves short films to check out the Oscar Shorts program. All of the Oscar Short nominees will be playing at the Tip Bell Lightbox from February 9th to 15th. The Tip Bell Lightbox is located at 350 King Street West. For CGRU 1280 AM, I'm Alex Bryant. Thanks, Alex. If you have Oscar fever, you may want to catch a fantastic woman also opening this weekend at the Tiff Bell Lightbox. This Chilean drama directed by Sebastian Lelo has been nominated for the Best Foreign Language Film. Here's the film star Daniela Vega singing the Italian aria Sposa Son Disprezata, which appears on the soundtrack for the film. been listening to Movie Mixtape on CJRU 1280 AM. To find out more about the films you heard about during this episode or to hear past episodes of the show, you can find our archive at film.cjru.ca. And if you're interested in entering the contest for tickets to see 1517 to Paris, visit cjru.ca.